everyone, we welcome you to our first podcast, Humans of ID. In this podcast, we're looking to explore different kinds of uh, paths within international development. And for this particular episode, myself, Angeliki, Joe, Alice, and Ziad are going to keep you company for the next 40 to 45 minutes approximately in a more chilled and relaxed informal vibe. We're looking forward to share some of our experiences, some fun facts about LSE, our master degrees, the chosen and selected modules, what is the progress on our dissertation work so far, and of course, we would like to thank at this point the Department of International Development and LSE for providing this space and environment to discuss and share all these interesting experiences. And we really are looking forward to receive some feedback and comments about your ideas, what you would love to listen in the next coming episodes and getting to know you further. So let's start. My name is Joe. I'm from North Carolina, United States, but I went to university at George Washington University. I became interested in international development because during my undergrad years, I studied international affairs and history, where I was exposed to certain dynamics related to why some countries are rich and why some countries are poor. Through those studies, I became fascinated in what can we as global governments or development actors do to bridge the gap between those two dimensions. And that's what inspired me to come to a master's degree. I chose the LSC because I was very fascinated by the profile of the staff and professors here and the research that they're in. I am studying the Development Management Program, DM for short, and we'll be sharing a little bit later about what each of our programs are specific. I'm Alice. I am studying the International Development and Humanitarian Emergency, IDHE for short, as it is a bit of a mouthful. So I was interested in international development because I had done my undergraduate in international relations and I was really interested in understanding the human and economic side of international politics, as well as the processes that exist to improve outcomes for people worldwide. And so having done my undergraduate degree at King's College London off the road, I um, took two years out and I'm now back in London to do my master's at LSE. I've heard wonderful things about its reputation and the professors. And uh, yeah, it was my ideal choice for, for my master's program, especially with the specialist international department and the combination of development and emergence. Hi, I'm Ziad. I'm following in the esteemed footsteps of Alice and Joe, who gave great introductions. I'm on HID, which is a master's of health and international development. And as you'll soon find out, LSE's basically got so many abbreviations. It's basically its own text language. I'm from Nottingham and I am doing a undergrad in medicine. So that's a fun fact. I haven't finished that. And I decided to do a master's in health and development because I saw that a lot of people suffered from the social determinants of health. And there's a lot to be done from a policy level in trying to solve those issues. And yeah, that's me. And last but not least, this is Angeliki. I'm a Greek national. My name in Greek is pronounced as Angeliki. My undergrad was four years ago. I graduated in 2018 with a Bachelor of Science in Public Administration and a specialist in the management of public institutions. This was from Pandion University in Athens. I took a four-year gap between my undergrad and postgrad, and this was because 
I really want to gain some professional experience. I work with both public and private organizations and institutions. I have worked with the Minister of Foreign Affairs in Athens during the Brexit period and then the Embassy of Greece in the UK. I was volunteering for a while in the Greek Council for Refugees, so I was looking into immigration crisis. I've also spent uh, some good time in grassroots organizations in London, working on social mobility and social corporate responsibility, looking into health policy projects and volunteering with active citizenship organizations and making sure that this spirit of social inclusiveness and impact is um, aligned with my aspirations and goals. I chose LSE because I feel that it's a university that is shaping the world, lots of curious minds around, very inspirational. Also, the reason I selected this master's in development studies, I feel it is because of my professional experiences and my lead experiences in Greece throughout the economic crisis and immigration crisis that for sure shaped my view and understanding of the world and how we are facing challenging situations and the ways that we can shape policies to improve things and make the world a better place. And definitely I had very um, curious questions about the problems facing the world today and the ways I can contribute in making societies more inclusive, more sustainable, achieving development for every individual and making sure that no one is marginalized, no one is left behind. So I really enjoy my course and my experience at LSE has been definitely very positive and influential so far. I feel that it's a life-changing experience and definitely continues to save me for the better. So Joe, tell me about development management. What does that entail? Yeah, absolutely. I was really drawn to it because the focus of the program is the transformation of societies. And that really stood out to me because, like I said, I'm very fascinated by that aspect within the realm of international affairs and relations. So I applied, unfortunately got in, and I found that the development management program is broken down into a couple of components. So it starts by first talking generally about development theory, but then it goes a little deeper into talking more about who are the key agents of development. So, for example, in the first few weeks of our Michaelmas term, we started talking about the market and focusing on economic development, but then we transitioned more towards analyzing the state. And is the state a competent actor in the world of development? When is it appropriate for the state to intervene? When is it appropriate to not? And then through that, that led to more of an analysis of what government and governance is and how it relates to building partnerships for development. And then that led more into an analysis on civil society organizations, trying to get more of a localized understanding of development itself. And then to wrap it all together, we talk more about institutions, more high level stuff that encompass all of these different factors. So I think the great thing about development management is we're really trying to understand who the actors of development are so that when we graduate and go out into the field, 
will be able to understand how to interact with these actors and how to be able to construct development projects that are sustainable, that are locally based, that are desirable for local communities. And it's really a great program. So all in all, I highly recommend development management if you're interested in learning about institutions and how they interact with development. Just out of curiosity, in development management, is it mostly people directly from undergraduate or do you find people who have come from a career in development but looking to get that like next level of academic? Mm, that's an excellent question because I really think it's a mixed bag. We have people who um, have been working actually for the British government for 11 years in our program. And then we have people who graduated uni early and are now in a master's degree. So my particular case, I did a gap year. I worked for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C., got great professional experience, but then I knew it was time for me to go back to school because I wanted to enter a field that was more internationally oriented. But all in all, I would say in this program, you have a mixed bag of experiences and everything is embraced. So if you're thinking about applying to development management, but you're only just out of undergrad, I wouldn't say don't let that fear inhibit you from applying. Just I had so much fear in applying because, like, like I said in my fun fact for introducing myself, I mean, I don't even have an undergrad. But I think the thing is, is you're so supported when you come in, like there's all these workshops on LSE life and you'll be very supported in making the most out of your time here, even if you're a bit insecure. I think it's also fascinating because in some ways you can expect people who have industry experience to perform better like academically in the master's. But actually, some of the, the best performing people in my course, at least, are the ones who come straight from undergrad because they remember how academia works. And I've spent two years in the working world, not anything to do with development. Um, but it is a mindset shift as well. So there are also advantages of coming in straight from undergrad into, into this sort of master's program. So speaking of different levels of experience, Ziad, I have a question for your program. I'm curious, what is your opinion of something? Do people come from a range of backgrounds and is a, a background in health necessary to succeed in this program? No, not at all. So I think there's people from every type of background, biomedicine, anthropology, from all sort of walks of life and ways of doing things. I think the only thing that you need is sort of a desire to shape health on a global scale to be more equitable. I think it's just your desire to change health to be more fair. You don't need to know what sort of a medical way of looking at things are because just as valuable as that is a social science way of looking at things is equally valuable and thinking about stuff differently is what I think makes the world more unique or a, a better way of doing things because if you just have one person's perspective you're not gonna excel in getting a more sort of holistic point of view and that's what I found is really interesting I've thought about things in ways that I never would have done coming from just a medical background. Coming back to Alice again about her master's program, why you selected this program and in which ways differs from development management and the other two courses that we have in our department? Yeah, of course. So yeah, in international development and humanitarian emergence, there is a focus on, yeah, obviously both international development, but also natural hazards and conflict terrorism, any of those sort of big major events that impact um, international development and international politics. And so um, for me, I chose it because for my undergrad, I did a big focus on disasters and how they affect international politics and also poverty. Uh, and 
what we really try and do in the IDHE course is we have core modules in development and another core module in managing humanitarianism, which is quite focused on the role of international organizations within international development, particularly the UN and international non-governmental organizations um, in humanitarian response, whether that be to a drought or a flood, an earthquake or um, a conflict. And that was a really, really interesting course because it's led by Stuart Gordon. And he brought in a lot of his colleagues from the industry who are still working to give us sort of talks and speeches on the challenges of humanitarianism within the 21st century. And I think that's something that maybe isn't focused as much on the other development courses is that specific rapid response humanitarianism, those specific acute needs within that environment, as well as the sort of more long-term development of states. Um, and I think in general, it makes the course very local and human-centered. Um, I'm not sure, still interested to hear about that from, from your courses, but obviously, Joe, when you're saying you talk about the states and the institutions, I think a lot of what we talk about on IDHE is the people. It's incredible how diverse our experiences are, given that we are in the same department and showcase actually the interdisciplinary nature of international development. So the Master's in Development Studies is quite broad and our core course is Development History, Theory and Policy. We are looking into early development, colonialism and how actually development has evolved since the end of World War II. Using a range of social sciences, um, we demonstrate how actually they can usefully be combined to understand development issues and we explore policy issues such as social policy, inequality, feminist economics, rural development, industrial development, the environmental crisis, and humanities in development. Some of the key questions and debates include development being influenced by colonialism and racism, global north versus global south, and of course, decolonization. I believe that every student can save the masters depending on personal experiences and interests, given, of course, the variety of modules that um, can be selected. And personally, I feel that I have been truly enjoying every aspect of the master so far. And I really love the professors and all the people I have met, actually, the relationship building. I think it's a very, very positive experience. Just out of curiosity, are you doing the economics specialism as well? Um, it'd be great to just hear a little bit about how that's going and how that impacts how you see development. Thank you, Alice, for bringing up the Applied Development Economic Specialism. We were actually looking to host a separate episode and focus on the three specialisms that the department is offering. And of course, thinking of inviting both leading professors and students to share their experiences and, of course, their expertise. So personally, I definitely challenged myself by econ specialism as my undergrad was in public administration. I really felt intrigued by the specialism as the focus is on broad themes of long-run growth and development policy, including globalization, inequality, the financial crisis, debt, international aid. We're exploring within the specialism both micro- and macroeconomic development and government policy analysis, looking into a variety of case studies, mainly from the developing I think that the most important thing for me is that throughout the specialism, we are building analytical skills to read and critique economic approaches and apply development policy. We also have computer lab-based sessions to explore programming and analytical skills. I am sure that Joe definitely has lots to add as well. Even if you don't do the full economic specialism, the value of doing one of the economics classes like D490, 491, or 492 is that 
like you said, there's a lot of focus on policy analytical papers that use quantitative approaches. And for example, I knew pretty much nothing about linear regression before coming to LSE. And now I feel like I know a lot because we are really drilled in it. We like hit the ground running once we start and it takes a lot of practice and with time you get better at it. But I'm so grateful because now I feel like I can read papers with a regression table and understand what's happening. Or if I see all these complex percentages or numbers with three decimal points, I know what's going on. So I think there's just a lot of value and quantitative skills that you develop from taking an economics class. Um, or if you want to go all the way and do the specialism by doing that research yourself through a quantitative dissertation. So I would definitely recommend doing either an economics class or the specialism if you're interested in building your quantitative skills at LSE. Also, just going to jump in here. Um, I haven't taken an economics class. I was quite intimidated by economics, but I was able to audit the, the first economics specialism and also um, audit a methodology class in quantitative analysis. So if anyone else like me is a bit intimidated by economics and, and feels maybe they don't want it on their academic transcript, there is options to audit. And I think that's one of the really good things about LSE and the methodology department specifically is there's a they want you to learn and they want you to build on those, on those skills. So, um, so yeah, I'm currently auditing a quantitative analysis class in the methodology department that teaches you all about descriptive statistics and linear regression. And yeah, it's definitely a really, really useful skill, anything to do with international development. They're going to use regression. And if you don't understand it, it's you kind of lose half of the academic world, um, I find. But, but yeah, so there's other options as well. <laughs> I'm curious to hear, and this goes for you too, Ziad, as we've talked about, there's room in each of our programs to mix and match a little bit and pursue classes that interest you outside of the core courses. I'm curious if any modules that you guys have taken have particularly struck or stuck out to you as interesting or fascinating. For me, I won't say out outside of maybe the core course, but I have taken a new module, which has been about sort of lab labor force the health labor force, which has been quite interesting and, and topical at the minute, considering the state of the National Health Service. Um, I won't say more on that, but it's been really interesting to see how workers are viewed, how um, labor is viewed, unions. That's also just topical in general throughout the whole of the UK at the minute, whether it be for university strikes or railway strikes or health strikes. So I'm appreciating a lot more of the nuance and it's a lot more, um, I, I can understand a lot more of sort of the processes behind that, which I think is useful currently. Yeah, I think, I've, I mean, I've loved all of my courses. I think one of the major issues I've had is being able to choose courses because there's been so many that interest me. Um, with like a diverse diverse options. I think that's one of the good things about the international development courses is that I have three core courses, but other than that, I think I can choose pretty much anything else from the department. So you're not limited by your by your degree choice within the department. Um, I think my favorite one has been advocacy and grassroots campaigning. And it's run by Duncan Green and Tom Kirk. And Duncan Green is a senior strategist at Oxfam. And he has got I think maybe years and years of experience um, in loads of different contexts. And not only is it really great to hear his experience of change processes in different countries, cultures, institutions, but also the class that we have 
is incredibly interactive. And so you hear a lot from people within the international development department and across the gender departments and other departments within the lecture, like sharing their own experiences of the change processes that they've enacted either at their university or some of them even within their country have changed laws. Um, and I think it really makes you appreciate the diversity of people we have in, in LSE as like the student cohort and also it's quite optimistic. It's really lovely to have a class that's very positive, inspiring, and like aspirational as well. It sounds like you're getting a lot of uh, real-world experience, Atlas, from managing humanitarianism talks and from that class as well. That's quite interesting. Has anyone else had any sort of interesting real-world talks? Yeah, I can step in here because I took DV423, which was Global Political Economy, with Professor Robert. And that was a really interesting class because every single seminar, we would start with reading the front page of the Financial Times. And it usually was related to something going on in the world, whether it was the, the cost of living crisis or whether it was the G7 at the time or whether it was um, geopolitical tensions with the US and China. Really, we just always were kept up to date on what was going on in and we always were able to draw back to development because he would challenge us to think, okay, so this is happening out in the world. What does this mean for the global South? How are countries in the global South going to react to changes? What do these agreements that these countries in the global North are making, how is that going to impact developing countries? Things of that nature. So it really pushed us to think outside the box and also apply the readings that we were reading for the class in trying to strategize where the dynamics of global politics. So I would say that for me. I'm actually quite curious, um, what are you guys all doing for your dissertation? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I want to do barriers to accessing um, healthcare for gender violence survivors in South Africa, which is a topic close to me because um, I'm, well, I'm South African as well. So that's a really topical problem. And I think sort of, finding a way to improve healthcare, sort of realizing when people are suffering from that and sort of streamlining that can be really useful. I've done a bit of reading on it, not a lot, considering the summative dissertation proposal is coming in sooner and sooner, like a huge wave about to sort of bow me over. But it's been interesting. So like, say, um, women coming into like a GP with like headaches or sleep disorders, it's sort of the underlying issues not really brought out and if you can kind of bring that out and help people sooner rather than later you can kind of um, help tackle this sort of epidemic and it's kind of applicable in loads of circumstances I think which can be useful here that's why I'm looking at them so I am really fascinated by cities um, which is why I moved to London because I do enjoy living in cities and Within a development context, I found a topic that has really interested me. So there's, throughout the developing world, we see cases of something called new capital cities, which is essentially the idea that a country will relocate its capital to a new place, and in some cases, construct a whole new city from the ground up. We have examples of this from the first one in the modern age was Brazil with Brasilia, we have examples from Cotibar with Yamasucro. There's one happening in Egypt right now. They're building a new administrative capital city right next to Cairo. So this is a really interesting trend that happens more frequently than people talk about. 
So what I'm interested in looking at is, does this relocation and construction of a new capital city foster regional economic development? Does it boost GDP growth? Does it lead to infrastructural transformation that leads to a more efficient economy? Does it raise the living standard in the regions that surround the capital city? Basically, I just want to see what are the spillover effects of these mega projects because they take years to complete. And once they're done, the implications for how they affect its region should be pretty substantial. So I want to look a little bit more into that. So I've had a bit of trouble choosing my topic for my dissertation. There's lots I'm interested in. And I've been seeing a lot of the different people across the department, which is really nice. The department has an open door policy. So I've been um, making the best use of that by speaking to a lot of scholars. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an analysis of the construction of masculinity within the engagement of men in intimate partner violence prevention programs. And so basically how men are engaged within intimate partner violence programs and understanding whether there's a racialized and classed dimension to that, um, which maybe doesn't exactly tackle the patriarchal society that underlines it. So me similarly to Alice, I definitely find uh, narrowing down dissertation topic and focusing on a research question quite challenging so far. I think I am going to explore development and migration, and more particularly, I'm quite keen to understand global care chains and the gender differentiated labor migration and how this has transformed families as they're becoming transnational. So my keen um, interest is what is the impact on the children of these families and mainly on the daughters if we think that if we're thinking that actually um, increasing employment of migrant women within various care occupations has been one of the main drivers of the feminization of labor migration. So Definitely the gender dimension into development and migration theories and concepts. It's of my interest. And I have been also seeking the guidance of academics, both in international development department and gender study department, as it's, it's not very easy to tackle these issues. And I definitely had some very, very interesting conversations that helped me identify the roots of my research. So fingers crossed. This has been a fabulous conversation um, exploring these different programs and different courses, dissertation topics. But before we go, we wanted to end with just a fun little conclusion. Um, I'm actually going to start with Alice on this one because I feel like she'll have the best insight. What is the best spot to eat? Oh my gosh, there's too many options. Best place I've eaten recently. I think it actually blew up on TikTok, but it's called Dim Sum Duck's Cross. It was really, really nice. Um, well, and also, you can't not mention the Wrights Cafe Bar, um, the best food in London. <laughs> I think their chips are £2, they're on campus, and they have saved me many a time. So maybe that's my favorite place to eat in London. What about you, Joe? So mine is, I've only been there once, but it was almost a spiritual experience because it truly changed my life. There's a restaurant called Dish. So we had this incredible meal. So if you're ever interested in really fancy, really delicious, albeit expensive Indian food, I would recommend Dish. For me, I think it's going to be a cafe, which is quite close to where I live at the moment. Um, I live in East London, in Shoreditch actually. 
And next to the Spitalfields Market Church, there is a cafe, which is actually a gallery. It's called Townhouse Cafe. And it's a very, very interesting and unique place for me because it's a Victorian house. And on the ground floor, you can see different kind of artworks. But on the basement, they have actually um, maintained the structure of a Victorian kitchen. I would definitely recommend to everyone that might visit Shoreditch or Brickland one day to visit this cafe and spend some time on this Victorian building. It's quite nice. That's interesting, Victorian food. I only know they used they used to, what's it called, um, have a pineapple for like symbols of wealth. That's, that's my fun fact about Victorian. I'd agree with Joe that Dishoom is a spiritual life-changing experience, but it's also spiritual and life-changing to your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> On campus, I've got Pavlov's dog's syndrome for um, CBG coffee. I cannot walk past there without getting caffeine in the morning. And a place I want to try, there's um, this South African place in Tooting Market, I think, which I have not tried yet, but I'm looking forward to try, uh, which will be fun. Thank you, everyone, for all of your contributions. And it's been great to hear about everyone's different courses, their different interests, and um, hopefully hearing a lot more of all of these voices of the rest of the Humans of ID podcast. And if you have any comments or queries, please do get in touch. There'll be details in the description of how to do so. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.